is if there's one thing I learned from them is your work ethic has to be sharp. You know, you have to do twice as much just to get half. And it really opened up my eyes, but I realized that they weren't educated on obtaining wealth. And I think it was because they seemed, it seemed like it was impossible for our family. No one in our family has ever hit six figures unless you were in the medical field, which a lot of my family is, but no one has ever looked into wealth building or even spoke about wealth building. It was never a topic of discussion in our family. And I realized that with the necessary education and then the work ethic that I had, I could obtain it. I could spread the word between my family. I could help my children so they won't make the same mistakes that we've made. They won't make the same mistakes I've made or my parents have made so it can continue to build from generation to generation. And I had to realize that it started with me. If I didn't open up... Hello, and thank you for joining us on Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Women Living Intentional, a group created for those who are looking and ready to live in purpose. Now over to your host, Tayani Tellis. Hello, and welcome to Posh Talks Podcast, where living intentional consists of high vibes and posh lifestyles. I'm your host, Tayani Tullis, and today's episode is Creating Financial Freedom. Now, before we get into today's episode, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Investments. The Profit Blueprint registration is now open, guys. If you're a current business owner seeking assistance with making money every day or exceeding revenue goals for your business, registration is now open for the Profit Blueprint. During this two-day training, you will learn how to set your business up for success, learn tactics to profit off your clients' pain points, and create a conversion funnel to keep your clients purchasing and sending you referrals. This training is open to only 10 people, and you can secure your spot today at www.intentionallyposh.com. Now, our guest today is best known as the super mom on the go who loves everything that involves financial literacy, wealth, and freedom. She mentions, I have a great passion for educating women in my community, business owners, and entrepreneurs on taking back their life and freedom with learning the importance of financing, budgeting, taxes, bookkeeping, and credit. Hello, hello. How are you? Hey, how are you? I'm so great. I'm so amazing. Yes, I am super excited to speak to you um, about everything finances, everything wealth. So before we get into, you know, our deeper questions, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship and how you um, started? Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, guys, I am Lane B. Waller. I am first a mom of three. So going into entrepreneurship was never an ideal plan for me as a mother. I really just wanted to get a good job, have great benefits, have great pay, and, you know, retire and be able to just be that best parent for my children. So that kind of took a left for me when I was in corporate America as a banker, as a financial representative at a credit union, and I was up for a promotion. And this promotion was going to be in a bigger city, which is the city I live in now. But two years ago, it was going to be in a bigger city. And what involved was for me to get a new apartment and all these, all these additional expenses, which I was fine with, but I was not approved for that apartment due to my credit. <laughs> 
And okay. at the time, I was so upset about it, but I had to learn how to quickly find a solution to that problem. Eventually, after a week of just, you know, uh, soaking up my tears and finding the solution, I was able to stumble upon some inaccuracies that, that were on my credit report, which was a paid eviction that was holding me back. After I was able to educate myself, talk to different people, I realized that there are so many women in my position that are mothers, you know, that are parents, and they are not able to move on to the next stage of their life because of their finances or their credit holding them back. So that's when I decided to start my company, Vermont Financial, to help these individuals understand and educate them on what's holding them back to that next step. And I'm so happy I did take that leap because I had to choose between my job at the bank or the business. And I end up I end up choosing the business because I've invested so much into it. And I'm happy I took that risk because it has really come a long way. We're about to celebrate one year in a couple of days. So I'm just so grateful and blessed. Yes, that is super amazing. And happy almost one year anniversary, which, you know, is a big milestone in entrepreneurship because, as we know, statistics show that a lot of businesses dissolve within the first year. So being that you yep, absolutely. your first year and you're still thriving, that is super awesome. So I really want to know, like, what inspired you about wealth building and getting to, into, you know, um, the financial world? Yeah, so I was inspired by wealth building after realizing I couldn't just depend on a job or the government to lease some sort of assets for my children. You know, granted, my grandmother and my mother, they did the very best that they could, you know, to provide for our family. They were working two to three jobs. They were trying to educate themselves, educate us, and they were fun as far as working hard. If it's one thing I learned from them is, your work ethic has to be sharp. You know, you have to do twice as much just to get half. And it really opened up my eyes, but I realized that they weren't educated on obtaining wealth. And I think it was because they seemed, it seemed like it was impossible for our family. No one in our family has ever hit six figures unless you were in the medical field, which a lot of my family is, but no one has ever looked into wealth building or even spoke about wealth building. It was never a topic of discussion in our family. And I realized that with the necessary education and in the work ethic that I had, I could obtain it. I could spread the word between my family. I could help my children so they won't make the same mistakes that we've made. They won't make the same mistakes I've made or my parents have made so it can continue to build from generation to generation. And I had to realize that it started with me. If I didn't open up my mouth and spread the education and tell my different uh, family members, tell my siblings, you know, tell, even educate my mom on it because now she's like, oh, my gosh, if I knew this years ago, I would have been did this. I would have been did that. And this is really not their fault. It's because they didn't know. So that's what inspired me to spread the word because you can't really tell someone, oh, you're ignorant to this if they don't really know about it. So that is my job, and I'm very proud of doing that because I just want to be able to spread the word and give people that option. Like you have the option to build wealth. You really do. You just need to be educated on it. Yeah, and like you said, I think you said something so profound. It's like 
a lot of times people expect us to automatically know these things, but depending upon your raising and, you know, what was taught to your parents and then what was taught to you, most of the time people just don't know about finances. And, you know, we'll speak about a little bit of, of it today. However, just from the baseline of, like, credit, understanding credit and what those mm-hmm. three numbers mean. So, you know, um, and, of course, like with social media playing a part and then um, you just hearing other people talk about it, it's finances, I think, has become such a subject that people don't want to touch on because we yeah. overcomplicated the process of it or, you Absolutely. know, <laughs> you know, the information about it. So it's, when, it's not that people don't want to talk about money. It's just they're uncomfortable like letting people know that they really just don't know about yeah. money. And when I say when they don't know about money, I'm saying just the baseline of like how much should you be spending, you know, and that's the stuff where it's like, well, I know how much I get paid, so I know how much I should be spending. But it's like when you look at it, people don't know that information as well. So that's why we have, you know, a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. a lot of debt, mm-hmm. you know, riding here to pay Paul. So that's why I'm super excited to have you on today's episode so we can kind of make it more of a lighter subject. Yes. But, yeah, so it kind of seg- um, segues me into my next question. I know you did a post recently um, where you talked about group economics. So I want to talk about group economics for a minute. And for mm-hmm. our listeners who are new to it, can you explain what it is, and then what was your thought process behind um, taking this route as financially? Yes. So group economics is not something that's new. Uh, For a common, I would say a common definition to make it simple, it's just basically defined as a group of people who have a common economic interest. So they have common goals, they have a common interest in one thing, and they all come together collectively to accomplish that goal. So that group can agree to pursue that common interest so it can create sustainable generational wealth. And group economics is not just family members. You know, you can have group economics with your friends, your cousins, your family, or within your children and your grandparents. As long as you have two or three or more people coming together with a goal and having their uh, money play a part, it's going to help. So for me, I learned about group economics from watching uh, Nico Sherry. She mentioned it one time and said how her whole family lived in one household and how they were building together. And I've seen something like that previously growing up in high school or I've seen a lot of Hispanics and I've seen a lot of people in the Jewish community stayed in one household, and I never understood that because I knew when I was 18, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here, I'm ready to live on my own. And once that happened, it became very, very hard for me. I didn't realize exactly how many bills would be coming out of my check. The huge responsibility after leaving home at 18 is, like, very detrimental so when I realized that the mistakes I had made previously, I decided to sit down with my family. I had my spouse. I had my three children. I had my mom who is disabled, so automatically I knew that she was going to come live with us. And then I had my two siblings, which is my brother and sister. And we all sat down, and I said, hey, we're going to be moving to a different city, and I know you guys are interested in leaving, but what if we just all came together, got a big house, a 
five, six-bedroom house. Everybody will be comfortable. We all put our money together. We can decide on how much rent is going to be. So that way, you guys will be able to save to start building your own businesses as well. And at first, I thought it was going to be a very uncomfortable subject. I thought that they would be like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to leave the nest. I'm ready to have my freedom. But they all surprisingly were like, yeah, let's do that. You know how much money we would save? You know how much faster we would accomplish our goals if we just worked together? And it was just such a surprise to me. But I think that black Americans really need to revisit group economics immediately, especially if they want to start creating generational wealth because you cannot do it alone. You need some you need some sort of help, whether it is your friends or your family, and you just need common ground rules as well. You know, you need some sort of stability. You don't just come and live with a, few, a couple of people and everybody thinks that they can do whatever they want. It just doesn't work that way. We have common rules like, hey, not to be, everyone should be respecting each other. Everyone should have a huge line of communication. If something's gone wrong, like, for example, my brother was sick for two weeks one time, and he was like, hey, my check is going to be short this month because I didn't go to work because I was sick, and I'm not going to have that much money this month. So that way we're already prepared to do whatever we need to do for when the rent comes. Like, okay, you can't put some of your money in. Okay, I got you covered because I'm already prepared because you communicated with me. So that's why I love group economics. I feel like it's the best thing ever. Is it for everybody? Absolutely not. It's not for everybody because you have to have those ground rules. And some people don't like to follow rules. Some people don't like to work with other people. But if you're wanting to create generational wealth, you can't do it alone. That's the one thing I will always suggest and I will always be an advocate of is group economics. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, it really inspired me because I just recently started learning about group economics, but like you said, it's something that's not new. It's just new in our black communities or, yeah. you know, the conversation about group economics is just now um, becoming to com- become a topic of interest or conversation. Therefore, you know, we just don't know, like, the ways that we can build wealth faster or, you know, start these businesses, launch these businesses, because when you think about it, each person paying individually Fourteen, twelve hundred dollars in rent. You know, everybody <laughs> divide that, split that in half, and create. You know, save that extra additional to invest in something yes. else. So it makes one hundred percent sense. So how has that like transformed everything else? Like as far as like your investments and you know your wealth building, has that opened up more room and opportunity for you? Yes, it has because. Right now, I'll be very transparent and say that our rent is seventeen sixty, and we have seven people in this household, but five of them, no, not five, four of us, five of us are adults. So seventeen sixty divided by five, then you have your utility. So if everyone was paying a thousand to twelve hundred for a one bedroom, that would be absolutely ridiculous. So if we're splitting seventeen sixty by five. Let me do the calculation real quick. That's everyone paying three fifty a month for rent. So if and you can't get like, rent. <laughs> no, no, you can't get that anywhere else. Everybody has their own separate bedrooms. Everyone is comfortable around each other. We're in the living room. We're having a talk. We're watching movies together. You know, uh, we're splitting the utilities. Like, imagine paying eleven dollars for utilities. It's, it's 
it's crazy. Imagine it's paying twenty dollars right? for Wi-Fi. It's it's crazy. So everyone has enough money to invest in their business. Start an education class. You know, put more money towards their emergency funds. Put more money towards our family savings just in case something happens to the house. If it happens to somebody's car, you know, we have more money to put towards any sort of debt. Like I put more money towards our student loans, our car note. You know, more money towards our car insurance. So it's just. It was the best decision that was ever made for us because we have so much money left over to do things responsibly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So I just want to talk um, about, like, you know, budgeting and finances. What are one or two mm-hmm. strategies you can give our listeners for those who are interested in, you know, changing their story, changing the tra- trajectory of their finances or their financial situation? Okay, so I always tie finances and credit together. So the first thing is I feel like everyone should be looking over their credit report for any inconsistencies or any inaccuracies. By law, as a consumer, you have the right to dispute anything that you believe is inaccurate. After you've done that, you need to stop and ask yourself, do I have a good relationship with my money? Because that's very important. If you don't have a good relationship with your money, nine times out of ten, you're probably living paycheck to paycheck. So you really need to look at all of your real needs and your wants. My budget tip for everyone, if you're just starting out, is to look over everything you spend on your bank statements for the last 90 days. Ask yourself, did you really need that item that you bought? And calculate how much money you could have saved or how much money you could have had left over than not spending it on that certain thing. I know for me, when I first started budgeting for our family, I realized that we were spending $600 a month on fast food, which was absolutely ridiculous. On top of going grocery shopping, I realized that we were spending way too much on a cable bill when we didn't even watch TV. I realized that I had a shopping problem with Fashion Nova. I had to cut that subscription off. So these are hard questions you have to ask yourself, and you have to be very honest with it because you can't go to someone and say, I need help, and they tell you, hey, you spent, you're spending way too much money over here, and you don't want to believe it. You're like, no, 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 I really needed that. Did you really need it or did you want it? Because it's a big difference. And I had to tell myself I really didn't need that. I really didn't need to buy that wig last week. I could have waited till I had some more money saved up for something else just in case something happens. Also, I feel like a lot of people don't think, do you have $500 in your savings right now? And the reason why I use $500 is because that is usually the uh, estimated deductible if you get into a car accident. Not saying that you're going to get into a car accident, but you should always be prepared because before the other person's insurance takes over, you need to pay that deductible, and they will reimburse you, but you need to have that $500 saved up. Also, something happens to your car, do you have at least three months of payments for your car note saved up? If you don't, then even though you don't have a car, you're still responsible to pay that car note because you still sign that promissory note for that loan. So those are certain things that people need to think of when it comes to budgeting. Uh, You want to be able to budget simply first. Look at, basically look at anything that you're overspending on, seeing where you can save, put that in your savings, and prepare for emergencies because they happen every day. You know, don't ever think that, oh, that's not going to happen to me. You are not special. (laughs) 
it can happen to anybody. You need to be prepared because the thing of what budgeting and money is, when you're not prepared, that's when you become stressful. That's when you feel like you have a bad relationship with money, and that's where you feel like, oh, I'm not making enough. Sometimes we are making enough. It's just we're spending all of our money all the time, and we're not being responsible. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I love it. So I want to talk about your business for a second. Can you just um, tell our listeners, like, what you, who you are, of course, and what services you provide um, through your company for those who are interested in working with you? Yes. So I classify myself as a financial educator, an investor, and a speaker. So the services that we provide is, number one, financial lifestyle restoration coaching. That has anything to do with a debt reduction plan, a one-on-one coaching, a personalized budgeting plan, and a starter emergency fund for anyone who's looking to receive coaching or help with that. We also provide tax preparation services for individuals, families, and small businesses. That's followed by bookkeeping because a lot of small businesses don't have their books together. And when they come to file their taxes, they're not educated on certain deductions that they qualify for, which sometimes at the end of the year they may owe so much money because someone is not educating them on the proper tools that they need, which is also followed by credit as well as business credit. Uh, Business credit and credit are both hand-in-hand. You know, you need to get your personal credit together if you want to start establishing business credit. You can't establish business credit without your personal credit, but it's going to take a little bit longer. As well as some banks, they really want to look at your personal credit as a business to see if you're a responsible individual. So those are the services that we offer. We are very, uh, very prideful in the services that we offer because we are really trying to spread the education within our community, especially women. So I just, I just love it. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. So um, I know that, you know, we touched on budgeting and we touched a little bit on credit, um, but what other type of investments have you made and what would be a good investment for a person who is new to, like, the investing world? Yes, so the biggest investment I made was, of course, starting my company, and that investment that investment is continuous. But uh, when I started, I wanted to do it so I could be able to invest in other things like real estate and commercial real estate, which is uh, the biggest. Uh, but a small investment that I would suggest for the regular individual or regular person that's new is tax liens. That's something that's a really, really small investment. Definitely look into that, you know, seek more education and acknowledge yourself about that world because you can really, really make some good money in there, as well as starting a small business. You know, sometimes you may want to look into investing in someone else's business because a lot of business owners need investments, and you can just contact someone and have a meeting and see how you can help them grow their business, or you can start your own small business. Uh, I will always say look for a need in your community and see if you can start a business that way. It's not always about what you want to start, but about what what your community needs because I feel like as an entrepreneur or even as an investor, it's not really about you. It's about your community and what you can provide for them. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because typically a lot of times I I have this conversation um, so frequently where it's like, you know, I love doing this and this is what I'm great at, and I have this debate all the time with people because I'm just like sometimes passion is just not going to get it. Like passion is what's no. going to fuel the car, but it's not mm-hmm. what's going to drive 
the actual um, being of what you're doing. And, yeah. you know, I love my business wholeheartedly. I feel like, you know, I'm an expert in my field. I love mm-hmm. getting up every morning. I don't dread doing what I'm doing. But do I love my business all the time? No. So it's like no. I have to have something else as my baseline that's going to keep me going because as we know as entrepreneurs, you know, every day is not just an easy day. It's not sunshine. It's not butterflies. So, no, um, it's not. <laughs> no. So it's like, you know, I could be over here doing something else that I feel like is more passion-driven. However, like you said, it's not what your community needs. It's not a need or, you know, um, what people are interested in buying into with that problem. So which a lot of people, entrepreneurs, run into is like they're like, I'm not, you know, selling, I'm not, you know, converting. And it's like, well, are you listening to what people actually need and are you listening yeah. to what and are you able to provide a solution to that? So I love that you mentioned that. I think, you know, you hit that head on the nail because a lot of people, like I said, I have this conversation. They're like, well, passion is, you know, and I'm just like, y'all just don't get it. Like, It's not always yeah. about passion. <laughs> no, like, it's not always yeah. about passion. Because yeah, I'm, when I first started, not when I first started, but when I wanted to first go into business, like, six, seven years ago, I wanted to do microblading and eyelashes. And I yeah. wanted to do it so bad because I'm like, it's amazing. I'm going to make people feel beautiful and they're going to love right. me. And I'm going to be so popular on social media. And then when I got into the finance world, I realized that I wanted to do both actually, but I had to choose one because I realized that going into the beauty industry was going to be a passion for me, but it wasn't right. necessary right now. The finances was a need for the community because of so much people asking me to help them. They weren't asking me about right. their eyelashes. They were asking yeah. me about how are you able to get your finances together like that? I need you right. to help me. And I realized it's not about me and about what I want. It's about how I can help other people. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You have given some amazing tips and tools, and I know we're getting close to the end, but I definitely want um, to ask you, do you have any programs available to assist those on their financial journey? If not, how can they work with you directly and get in contact with you? Yes, so we do have three ebooks that are on our website, which is www.remafinancial.com, which is www.braimentfinancial.com. We have three ebooks where you uh, will be able to purchase Building Your Business Credit from Scratch, and you can also uh, retrieve three dispute templates. I'm not three, six dispute templates as well as a credit restoration Q&A. So it answers all of your questions uh, that you would need when you are disputing your own reports. And then we also have a budgeting ebook coming out uh, the day before Black Friday. We're super excited about that. But if you feel like you need help and you don't want to do it yourself and you don't, you're not accountable for yourself and you need someone to help you along the way, all of our programs, which is the financial coaching, credit restoration, taxes, and bookkeeping, all you need to do is go on the website and schedule a consultation with us, and we'll be able to go through a game plan with you and make sure that we help you accomplish your goals. Yes, I love it. I love it, love it. And I'll definitely stay in contact with you um, We're also going to provide all the information that you provided us with in the show notes for our listeners for easy access. And, I mean, are there any last words or advice you would like to give? If not, how can they find you and support you? 
Uh, my last word of advice would be if you are a business owner or even if you are just an individual, don't give up on your goal with your finances. Start establishing a good relationship with your money and start establishing a plan. If you are paycheck to paycheck, you can definitely get out of it. It's going to take time. Don't give up. And the way you guys can find me is on Instagram at LaneBCEO. That is L-A-I-N-E-B-C-E-O and Remo Financial on Instagram as well. Yes, I love it. So thank you again so much for being a powerhouse and being a part of today's episode. You've really given a lot of great information, and my hope is that we begin as a community, and I say we because we can never, 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 never get better with our yep. finances. So I just hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast take advantage and connect with her so you all can get your finances in order for 2020. We're going into a new decade. We are in America where we have a lot of land for sale. It's a lot of investment opportunities, and it's, mm-hmm. it's a we can change the whole trajectory of our story. We don't have to become a slave to money. We don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. And my hope is that you receive something from today's episode that will change your mindset to get you on the right path. Um, Again, listeners, remember to subscribe to www.intentionallyposh.com for upcoming episodes. If you know anyone who can benefit from this podcast, please, please pass this episode along. The more people you send this way, it helps build our community and we're able to keep providing you with valuable content and episodes. Also, do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We love hearing from you. I love hearing from you. And my team loves hearing from you. And it helps us grow as a brand. As always, guys, have a high vibe, intentional week. Thank you again for listening to Posh Talks Podcast. This podcast was brought to you and sponsored by Women Living Intentional and Intentional Investments. Want to learn more about us? Check us out at intentionallyposh.com. And as always, have a high vibe intentional week.